Welcome to the Arts vs. the Virus, a limited series podcast where we interview members of the arts world to find out how the coronavirus pandemic and associated lockdowns have affected them and their work. The podcast is presented by magician Ash Price and produced by Teresa Dua through Noisy Ghost Entertainment. Hello and welcome back to another episode. Today we are talking with magician Elliot Bibby. Elliot, how are you? I'm, I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on here. Yeah, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. I'm kind of getting through things uh, best as I can. Uh, so we've got a few things just to cover today, just about um, your experiences with the whole lockdown situation and the COVID world and, and how that's kind of affecting those of us who work in the arts. And um, I spoke to quite a few people, uh, was actors and musicians, but you're the, the first magician I've had a chance to speak to. Uh, and as a, a fellow, uh, are we still going with Magi? Are we still using Magi? Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as a fellow Magi, <laughs> it's quite nice to kind of speak to someone um, who is in the industry as well. So uh, I've kind of briefly said what you do, but just to kind of expand on, uh, could you tell our listeners what it is you actually do? Yeah, so I'm predominantly, well, I say a magician, uh, a comedy magician, um, and I usually perform at weddings and corporate events doing the close-up magic, and my, up until about a year ago, my main tagline was, I mix and mingle at events with all the guests, and the magic happens in their hands, which is obviously a tagline which I can no longer use, (laughs) Um, and so that was all the sort of the close-up magic, and then the other side of my business was performing on stage. So I've done the Edinburgh Festival Fringe for the last six years, seven years, if you include it last year, virtually. Uh, I don't know if we're counting that or not. Um, And we'll count that seven years then. And um, I've been out to Perth to Fringe World Festival in Australia uh, for the last three years, and I was meant to be there uh, last month as well, um, performing. Uh, Obviously, that got cancelled due to COVID. And yeah, so that's, that's me really, performing um all different types of magic uh more comedy based at all different events here okay um so let's let's kind of go back to kind of february march 2020 uh just before this entire thing kicked off uh what did you what did you have planned what was kind of in your diary that you were looking looking towards like okay april may june this is what we're doing what was before this happened what was your schedule like so i'd in January, I'd actually been out in Australia at Fringe World and probably had my most successful year yet. Uh, actually, my show, my close-up magic show, uh, or sort of parlour magic show, which is sort of in between close-up and stage for anyone that doesn't really know what that is, um, I actually won the weekly comedy awards at the whole Perth Fringe Festival, which was quite incredible out of all the shows to win that. So I was on a high from that. I came back from Australia um really raring to go into the getting into this year i went down to london to a magic convention uh, called the session and then went to the blackpool magic convention where there was over three and a half thousand magicians and uh, meeting up for well, it was almost about four or five days uh, and that was the first time that i'd been to both conventions it was either one or the other for me so it was great and then i thought right uh, i've now got the rest of the year to perform i had lots of wedding bookings in the diary and i was really looking forward to the edinburgh fringe which was in august everything was geared up to that because i usually what i've done in previous years is go out to australia do the show which i'm going to do in edinburgh 
um, and sort of road test it almost as like a little preview and get all the sort of accolades and reviews as many as possible so I can just hit the ground running when it comes to Edinburgh. So I was all prepared for that. I was really, really raring to go. And then COVID hit and it was, I, I cried for a week. <laughs> um, I was like, oh my goodness. Um, as I say, 50% of my business is weddings. And so having uh, couples come to me going, we need to uh, postpone the day. We, we need to cancel it. Can you refund us the money? Um, that's a terrifying position to be in when you've got maybe 20 to 30 couples coming to you going, can we get five to 600 pounds back? It all adds up. Um, and now in my, in my contract, it actually says there's literally no refunds whatsoever. So that sort of covered me, but most of my bookings come from word of mouth and referrals. So I had sort of a good understanding and good relationship with the people. So they were a bit understanding. Um, so I'm actually sort of swerve that and keep that going and sort of move the dates on to the following years. Um, a very depressing day was going through my diary, deleting all my shows that I had planned or I'd been booked in August. And it was just like, ka-ching, 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 just like seeing that. So that was a pretty bad day. But yeah, as of sort of February and March time, uh, sorry, March, but March, April time, I thought, right, I was outperforming quite a lot at, sort of obviously being a comedy magician I, I could sort of sneak in and get onto the same bills of like obviously variety nights but also comedy clubs and stuff like that so I was sort of working the circuit there and perform out performing three or four times a week and I thought how am I still going to continue doing that there's only so many tricks my girlfriend will put up with in the flat watching <laughs> so I thought I need to sort of do something online and I created a, an online zoom magic show yeah, um, I'd like to talk about that in a, in a little while, actually, because uh, I, obviously I'm friends with a number of magicians and follow a number of magicians as well. And I, you were one of the first I saw actually getting out there and doing it. You seem very ahead of game on it. Um, so I, w I would like to talk about that a little bit um, in a short while. Um, I want to kind of look at um, what we, you've already mentioned that you were kind of, kind of taken back and quite upset when it all happened uh when the whole covid thing happens and what was your general reaction to the whole situation when you find you know there's this virus or this flu did you think it would have the impact it had or or what yeah well my my girlfriend's a nurse and she actually works in uh, an intensive care unit in edinburgh so um seeing it it was quite interesting seeing it from two sides initially at the very start of the lockdown i was so I was sitting there, I didn't obviously know what was going on. So I was glued to the news, Sky News, every single day watching it, just waiting for seeing what the next um, headline was going to be. And that was quite scary. Looking back now, it was almost, it was probably terrible for my mental health, sitting watching the news every day going, oh, this is happening, this is happening, these people are getting infected. And it was just this spread of chaos. Um, and then I actually had to take a sort of step back and I was, I've been quite fortunate. I've I've got like a few group chats with different magicians and um and friends really that I've been chatting to and have you seen this? Have you seen this? And we thought, you know what, we just have to take a step back for a moment and go, this this is these are our gigs have gone. We're not gonna be able to work. Um, how can I sort of try and make money or try and pay the mortgage this month? Yeah. And I thought, right, we've got X because obviously just coming back from Australia, going to these magic festivals, that's a lot of outgoings. Yeah. And knowing that I've got all this work lined up, it was going to be fine. But 
yeah, it sort of started to eat into savings then. And then it gets a little bit hairy because you're like, oh, what can we do? Um, and actually, I saw a friend of mine actually posted up saying, if anybody's looking for work, then let me know. I've got like sort of part time jobs uh, in a warehouse. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take it. So yeah. at the start, nobody really knows this, but there was myself and probably a handful of people that worked in hospitality that had, because everything had shut for them. We found ourselves standing on George Street at five in the morning, waiting on a, uh, George Street in Edinburgh, 5 a.m. in the morning, waiting on a minibus to take us to a warehouse in Livingston wow. where we were pickers. So we picked from like five in the morning till, or six in the morning, six till 12 it was. And it was literally just walking up two aisles of a warehouse, picking, um, it was like microwavable meals and just putting them in a box and then putting a label on it. And that was it. Do it again. Grab the next order. So monotonous. Yeah. Um, it was like, okay, right. So I've got to get six lasagnas now. Okay. Two cottage pies. And it was just mental. Uh, I, I lasted for four days there <laughs> before I was like, you know what? No, I can't do this anymore. But, and it was just, I mean, to be honest, that was the first time that I probably had like a proper job really of, of earning that sort of minimum wage and it was it was interesting it was it was nice to say it was looking back now it was nice to sort of have that experience because it made makes me work harder now so that I don't have to make uh, works harder on my magic so I don't have to go back to to doing that yeah it's I kind of I kind of looked at it as sort of like mourning um like you would mourn a death or the end of a really important relationship is is what it it kind of felt like to me um there was those periods of kind of denial of, oh, no, this will be fine. And, you know, I was in the early days still thinking, oh, the fringe will happen. And, you know, it might be a bit smaller, but it'll happen. Um, I mean, is that kind of how you felt with it or did you yeah. kind of from the beginning? I honestly thought, yeah, I thought we'd be back to it by like the summer. I thought this is just going to last a couple of months. It'll be fine. It'll all go away and then we'll have the summer and then the fringe will happen. It'll be great. And yeah, I think it was just when the restrictions started to get a little bit tighter and you could only meet up with like a small group of people. And even at that part, people, I don't think were taking it that seriously. They were still meeting up and sort of bending the rules to, I mean, even now I think people are still trying to bend the rules and make it work for them. But it was, yeah, I think it was the second lockdown. It was, it was around about. I'm trying to think September, October time when it sort of really kicked in. And I was just like, you know what? Like, that's when I was like, right, I need to try and continue. I think actually it was because, yeah, around about August, September time, they opened back everything. I think they opened the pubs. Now I'm based in East Lothian. Um, so obviously just out of Edinburgh, a different um, uh, council area. So we sort of had different restrictions. So when they brought in the tier system, I still remember the day when it went to, we were in a tier three or tier two, I think it was. And Edinburgh, where most of my friends live, were in like the higher tier. So we had, the pubs were open for us, but they weren't in the center. So I was able to actually go to the pub around <laughs> that time and have an actual pint, which was, yeah. which was quite nice. But then they closed it again a week later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah, it was the realization of when those tiers started coming in and just that was scary for me yeah it really was and I, I think one of the things that's very much hit me is the uncertainty of it all because if you if you know okay this tier is going to last definitely until this date and then we'll move into this you can sort of plan but right now it, and understandably obviously we we can't know definites because obviously uh 
but it, I, I found that one of the hardest things to deal with was, okay, I, I want to get on with a project. I want to start planning something. I want to start creating a sculpting a show, but without a, a sort of definite end date and a goal to work, to work towards it, I found it very, very difficult. And I've been, I've been reading quite a bit and watching tutorials and kind of practicing little bits here and there, but I've not found myself able to really, really focus on, on, on very much. Uh, now, and I, I know that you've been doing a few things over lockdown and you mentioned the Zoom shows. So could you kind of tell us a little bit about what you've been able to do during the past year? Yeah, so, well, before the Zoom shows, I thought I need to keep myself busy. I need to continue doing something. Uh, I'll start a, like a video project. And so I started doing um, Elliot Bibby's A to Z of Magic. And what I was going to do was I was going to go that, through. Yes. You remember it, yeah. yeah um and i started doing basically i wrote down i planned it all out and i was going to do a video for each letter of the alphabet and so like a would be for ace production and i did a few of my favorite ways of to produce the four aces from a deck of cards b was for the barrowlands um because a couple of years or a few years ago i was the first magician in history to perform on stage at the glasgow barrowlands um c was for cat and I did a trick with my cat, um, which was a lot harder than you think. And uh, and that was it. So I got to see. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, I can't really be bothered with this. Um, I will go back to it at some point. But yeah, it was around about March, April time. End of March, I started to plan these Zoom shows. And I'd never performed on Zoom. I didn't even know what Zoom was. We, we'd done yeah. a few like family quizzes and those quizzes were getting like every Saturday night we'd like get the family together and we would do this the quizzes and then the quizzes just went on and on and on and we'd always have a few drinks and stuff like that and it was nice then I was like there's got to be other ways there's got to be a way that I can try and perform on this mm. so I'd taken initially I, I planned a 25 minute show so it was a 25 minute show on zoom and because zoom had a limit of 40 minutes at the time and I was like, I'm not paying for Zoom. Like, I've, I'll only need it for a few months. It's, it'll cost a fortune. Um, and so then I planned the show for, to be 25 minutes so that I had that leeway either side of, so when I started the, the Zoom call, people could come in, get ready for the show. I then performed 25 minutes and then they had time to chat afterwards and then it, the, the, they get to the end of the call and it was 40 minutes and it shut down automatically. So that's what I planned. And... Then I started getting an absolute influx of bookings. Um, I set up a, a web page on my site, so I sort of knew how to do that. Set up that, put, popped up a little video of this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to perform a show, showed a few things in that, um, get in contact if you're interested. So I don't know how I've done it because I don't know that much about uh, SEO or anything like that. Hmm. But I seem to be on the first page of Google if you type in Zoom magicians or online magic show or any of these sort of popular keywords. Um, and I'm still there to this day. So if you ignore like sort of the ads mm -hmm. from people, um, I'm in the top three or four. Um, oh, wow. So I'm still getting to this day. I'm still getting organic um, inquiries, which is nice. it's really nice. Um, it's a whole different realm for me because I'm not used to dealing with people finding me organically as, cause as I mentioned, most people come from either seeing me live or word of mouth. So, um, yeah, they've, it's actually been really good. I've, I've probably done over, I've done about over 540 shows now wow. in the past year, which is, and the interesting thing is I mentioned earlier, like I'm, 
I predominantly do wedding magic corporate and the stuff on stage um initially when I first started out doing magic I was doing everything from kids birthday parties birthday parties down in bowling clubs uh, 21st birthdays 30th balloon modeling like everything just to try um earn money and then I really narrowed it down so I've not really done that many kids parties but on zoom you've got the mute all button which is amazing for kids parties <laughs> so <laughs> so I've actually been doing um so I don't sort of advertise it as kids parties but it's been sort of family shows so the families are there and stuff and I absolutely loved it so I've been doing quite a lot of family parties if they're really young uh, I've got a friend Magic Gareth who is an Edinburgh based magician and he's been doing a lot of them as well so we just sort of pass gigs between us if it's very young family he does them and if it's the corporate ones it's I do them but uh, that 25 minute show sort of stretched I, I actually I upgraded my zoom and I paid for the, the premium one which it's not actually that bad it's only about 14 or 15 pounds a month and I'm using it a lot but it got to one point just before well I'd be doing the show since March April time it, it was going really well over throughout the summer that first lockdown and then they opened everything back up around August September and everything just died and um, I had zero gigs again for like a couple of months and I was like right what am I going to do now I've done a couple of hundred shows it's, it's going to be Christmas soon so what I'll do is I'll write a new Christmas show so I basically wrote a Christmas themed Zoom show which was all brand new material um, and it was different material from the previous Zoom show and then I whacked that out on my mailing list to everybody that has already booked this show going hey I thought you enjoyed my you enjoyed my last show. Do you want to book this Christmas one? And the uptake was incredible. But then I also found I was getting a lot of inquiries from for people for Christmas corporate parties. So all the the corporate people that couldn't get their teams together for their annual Christmas party were booking the Zoom show. Um, and what I found was they still had the normal budgets for it. So I was just charging my normal fee. Mm-hmm. So it's. What I found is, and I don't really like telling people this, but that December just there was the best December I've ever had in my business ever. Oh, wow. Due to doing these corporate shows. So I, there was one point the weekend, the week before Christmas, um, it was the Thursday and the Friday. I did seven shows on each day. Wow. That Thursday, Friday, which was just, it was insane. But the, um, the interesting thing is you're literally just working. Well, I was just working from my office. Yeah. So it was just like, right, next show, next show, next show. Everything's all lined up, ready to go. Um, the difficult thing I found was initially when, when I did my very first show, I did a couple of shows to friends and family just to test it out. And um, yeah, and I had like the strangest setup ever. I didn't, I didn't have a proper camera. I still don't have a proper camera. I've got, uh, initially I was using my phone camera and I was connecting that in with software into my laptop. I had a little ring light. Now, after a year, I've totally upgraded. I, I bought a new laptop before Christmas because to try and deal with the, the power that it was putting out. Um, I got a couple of softbox lights and a new mic and really just upgraded everything to almost like a mini studio, yeah. um, which was, yes, that was quite interesting doing, learning all these new skills of how to light stuff. And so yeah, I've learned quite a lot from that, which has been good. Yeah, I've been... I've been... I haven't done any magic. Well, I've done a very, very small amount of magic digitally, but I've been I've been making videos on uh, kind of spooky history, uh, weird, oh, strange, scary history, and I I've been playing around with uh, lights and green screen and stuff. You can probably see the the basic green screen behind yeah. me. Uh, but for my wedding, uh, one of the wedding gifts I got uh, me and my wife was a full green screen 
setup with the lights and everything so we've been tinkering with that and it's learning new skills has been one of the things that that has come out of lockdown things that i wouldn't ordinarily have learned um you so you, you've talked a bit about the stuff you've done over over the lockdown what what's been the most kind of challenging thing because obviously when you're used to performing out in the real world you have certain ways of interacting and talking to people and working with people and types of performances you do um that must have been a real challenge having to kind of shake everything up because interacting with people digitally is very very diff different to to staying next to someone saying okay take a card out of the pack shuffle it back in which you you kind of can't do so how have you been able to kind of deal um, with that so I'm going to show you something now, but the listeners won't be able to see it, but maybe I could put a video up or something like that, um, <laughs> or a picture. Yeah. Um, so in one of the things I do, so also when I get, a, I have like a card selected, as you mentioned, I usually spread them out and get someone to pick one. Obviously you can't do that. So what I do is I spread them out on the table. So when I used to work, I was always work standing up. So I'd be mixing and mingling with people at um, events and I'd be standing up on stage. I'd never be seated. Whereas all my Zoom shows are seated, which has opened up a whole new world of magic for me, stuff that I'd learned years ago or been practicing. And also things that I've, I've learned uh, recently that I've been able to do on a surface. So when I'm sitting down, I can spread cards on a surface. I can do lots of other things. So when I say to someone, um, select a card, I spread the cards out on the table and I move my finger um, very slowly across and I get them to shout stop wherever they want. Um, but there's things like taken into like there's a slight there's like a, a one second delay for them so I have to go very slow and then when they say stop I move ever so slightly back so they know that I have stopped right on the one they say just little things like that um, and I usually say to someone oh can I get you to pop your hand out for me I'll leave this card in your hand and obviously you can't do that on a on a zoom but this is the thing that I'm going to drop uh, a little picture or video in but I've actually got a, a fake hand <laughs> connected to a jumper which i actually just pull out and just leave it like that so i say you pop your hand out for me oh that's great yeah nice to meet you um, all this type of stuff but it's a uh, it's a little magic gimmick that I, I bought years ago and i thought i'm never going to be able to use this but now i've actually used it <laughs> i put a amazing. fake hand inside a jumper with a, a pair of socks um give it some structure and yeah brilliant. that's uh, so that's something like that where i'm just like yeah you can just pop your hand out or we'll just leave that card in your hand like that you just hold on to it and so I've sort of adapted my routines to Zoom by thinking, all right, I usually put this in someone's hand. Where can I, how can I now do that by putting it in a hand? So, yeah, stuff like that, which try and be creative. And yeah, but initially, you know, once I was going to say this, initially when I, I did these first couple of shows, it was really strange, especially the paid ones, because I would do the show, start the call. Hello, everybody awkward bits of silence people coming in muting unmuting is my mic on can you hear me can you hear me um and and then i would perform the show and then that was the end of the show thank you very much i'm off now you can continue to stay on the call and chat and then i would disappear and, and i would leave end the call turn my mic off and just be like right i'll uh, walk through to the kitchen and stuff for a cup of tea or uh, i felt like one of those like you know like the sex cam girls that do the, <laughs> do the shows on camera like that, that must be what it's like. They do a show, they get paid, and then they just go to the living room and make themselves a cup of tea. Or yes, yeah. initially that's what it felt like. It was very strange. I can imagine. Yeah, because obviously you mentioned you do you know six seven gigs on one day sometimes, and obviously it's it's very very difficult to do that in 
on a non-digital platform. I mean, if your venues are close enough together or you're doing yeah. the same venue but different groups, I guess it can be done. But, you know, I guess it opens up different options for, for doing more and doing different things. Um, you, you mentioned as well the fringe. Uh, what were you what were you able to do during during that because I, I i did something with pbh it was a digital ah, right. thing from voodoo rooms um, yeah i did i did the same thing i did the same show actually uh, at voodoo rooms although i went in a couple of days before and pre-recorded mine um in the venue itself and then they showed it up on the screen um because i actually had <laughs> zoom shows that that night <laughs> um so yeah i did that but i also just thought you know what i'll I'll just do my actual Zoom show, but I'll open it up to everybody. And uh, and the nice thing is, you can see it in the world mm-hmm. now. So anybody that travelled to the the Edinburgh Fringe and had kept like their details of a database or whatever, um, I could then send out an email to them. So if they'd just been visiting Edinburgh from like I don't know Australia, or I could say, oh well, you know what, I'm doing it virtually. You can log in with your friends and family. It'll be X amount uh, ticket price for your screen and uh, everyone in between and everyone can join that and, and watch and that was quite nice because it was people that didn't maybe like couples that didn't want to pay my full fee just to sit and watch my show they could just buy a ticket to the show instead which was nice so i did um i think it was six shows it's like two shows a day friday saturday sunday i think it was um during august and i just sort of build it as my friend shows um and but yeah that 25 minute show that I initially wrote got longer and longer. So the more confident I got with it, now it's the same show now that I'm doing the the close-up magic experience. It now lasts 45 minutes and I've added in one extra trip. That's it, like a five-minute piece. So it's just getting more confident on camera and chatting to people. Like if you do a normal show, like the end of your fringe run, it's it's, you've run it in so many times. Oh, yeah. If you look at the first performance of a fringe show and then the last performance of it, they, they can feel like such vastly different shows and yeah. by the end of it you've got it so polished and you know you've got every beat just completely spot on um mm. so if if we weren't in the whole lockdown situation if covid wasn't a thing what do you think you'd be doing about now because we're obviously heading towards valentine's day in february when we're recording this um just after the christmas period so what would you probably probably have been doing about now so right now i would be I would probably be coming back from Australia or I might still be in Australia. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I would have just finished my fringe run in, in Perth in Australia. And, you know, I might have actually been in Adelaide this year. I hadn't planned for it, but like, oh, last year I was planning to do it and then uh, to do Perth and then Adelaide because after doing three years in Perth, I sort of built up a little bit of a following. I was on a roll after last or the year past what was that 2019 now um the edinburgh fringe i was i was performing in a venue in glasgow called wild cabaret and i was performing there uh sort of like the resident magician there for a while um and during my stint i was there working i was doing a show on a wednesday i was doing a show on a friday two shows on a saturday and a family show on a sunday so five shows a week just in that one venue uh doing 15 minute spots on stage and and then I would do the Christmas run and then we went straight into Australia. So I was I was probably looking back now, I've never actually thought about this. I was in the sort of prime of my career. I was on like on fire almost. Like, in, like nothing was stopping me. 
And then I was taking that momentum and it was going to be straight into the Perth Fringe again and then Adelaide and then straight into Edinburgh. And I, I reckon this was going to be like the year almost that, but do you know when you just, you're in that flow of just everything's going well, you're getting booked for spots left, right and centre and you can just go out on stage, do your set with almost without thinking about it. And yeah, it's almost like you're just floating. <laughs> that's the way it's, it's, and that was the whole flow I was in. And then, yeah, so that's probably where I would, I would be. Yeah, I kind of, I felt that very much with 2020. I was getting a lot more work and I kind of finally really solidified who I was on stage and the type of stuff I was doing. It took me a little while to kind of properly really, really focus in on what it was I wanted to do and the style and everything was starting to pick up and then this all happened. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so when do you, when do you think... Um, Obviously, we can't know for certain because obviously so much stuff is up in the air. But when do you think we might start to see things opening up again? And when do you think we'll be back to quote unquote normal? Mm-hmm. Um, I I shot a friend that does big events down in London, um, and he organises stuff for Barclays, and he was saying he's planning hybrid events uh, in Q four, so the end of this year. So end this year, he's planning events which will be virtually and in person, which cost more than either of them. So um, because you've got to, you've got to think about the technology, that how are you going to get the people that are virtually, how are you going to get them to network with the people that are actually there and et cetera. So, I mean, that's what he was planning, hybrid events for the end of this year. Um, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that with the rollout of this vaccine, we can sort of get back to in-person events December time, hopefully. But um, I've pretty much written this year off. Um, yeah, yeah, I've written this year off, and I'm hoping maybe this time next year. Yeah, I think... I um, hate to say it, but no, yeah, I, I think it maybe April time. April time. Yeah, I agree. I was I was talking to, to someone, an actor, uh, recently for this recording, and uh, he was kind of saying the same thing that he was expecting maybe December. We were both kind of thinking that maybe the the first big thing to come back might be Panto, um, which was yeah. very weirdly British in, a, in an odd <laughs> way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm involved with the Edinburgh Horror Festival and we're, we're hopeful, like you know, optimistically hopeful that something might be able to happen, but we're realistically hopeful in that we're, we're kind of pushing ahead with digital and if things open up we can start to kind of wrap that in but yeah i think december feels december feels realistic um because obviously we need the vaccine to be rolled out to enough people to get herd immunity and i think they're going to want a little bit of buffer time to make sure it's settled in properly so december feels about right for starting to open up and this time next year kind of going right that's it back to normal um yeah or as normal as it can be because there's certain things that have happened during lockdown and certain ways, especially those in the arts, um, have utilized the technology available. And we've seen things like, like yourself doing the Zoom shows and uh, performances from Shakespearean plays like The Show Must Go Online, which did the entirety of Shakespeare's catalogue over a period of like eight months uh, via U- combination of YouTube and Zoom. And it's made it accessible to people in ways that it wasn't necessarily before. So what do you think or what do you hope might be kept from the COVID years as we go back into, into normality? 
if anything. Uh, I think, well, we're never going to forget it, are we? It's something we'll tell the kids about. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'll be, yeah, it'll be, I think it'll go down in history. I think children will be learning about it. And But I think after it goes away, it's, it's going to be almost be like the Spanish flu in the 1900s when that sort of took over the world. And I mean, this is what I'm hoping is going to happen. And I, I, I really think it, I can see it happening. So obviously we had the roaring 20s. So 1920s, everyone was just going mad for entertainment. They were getting dressed up any any opportunity. And I'm really hoping that that's going to be the case. I think we can sort of see it. I think the public have sort of realized that entertainment is out there and they crave entertainment. I mean, that's obviously, I mean, they've been very busy with these Zoom shows. But as you mentioned, like people are going online and watching um, these Shakespearean plays and also other things like Netflix and everything's just gone crazy. So I think people are going to want that entertainment when they get back out again. I think they're really going to appreciate it more. So I'm hoping that we're going to be busier than ever. Um, yeah, I'm kind that's, of hoping, that's what I think. I'm kind of hoping the same thing, that when this all does kind of finally disappear, that there's a big drive for and a big craving for it. I think there will be. I agree. I think there, there definitely will be. And we're maybe going to enter another roaring 20s and let's just hope this one doesn't end with a global crash of the stock market again like the last 20s yeah um, let's not repeat this <clears> or maybe much. it'll <clears throat> yeah no maybe it'll it maybe it'll be instead of it'll be like a stock market crash and everything will go to crypto maybe maybe maybe, maybe everything is is <clears throat> Elliot Bibby's top tip, invest in crypto right now for the 2023 <laughs> crash. <laughs> you heard it here. Um. Okay. Um, so Elliot, just before we do kind of wrap up, is there anything you want to kind of promote or mention? Uh, anything you want to let people know about, how they can get in touch uh, or find out? Yeah, so probably the best place to find me is, well, you can find me on my website, which is www.bibbymagic.co.uk. Um, or on, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it's not what it seems, <laughs> um, or, <laughs> or any um, of the social media platforms. I'm on everything at Elliot Bibby Magic. It's quite an unusual name, Bibby. Um, mm. My dad's originally from Liverpool, so it's like a Lancashire name. And it's funny because no one in my family is in the entertainment business at all. Although I did trace the name Bibby back to the 1700s where there was a Bibby circus that used to tour around. <laughs> So maybe that's where I got the magic from. Bring that back. <laughs> okay, Elliot, yeah. thank you very, very much for spending time here today. Um, I hope everything does start to open back up again soon and good luck with the continued Zoom work. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Arts First The Virus. Your host was Ash Price. The podcast was produced by Teresa Dua through Noisy Ghost Entertainment. Find The Arts First The Virus on Facebook. The music used was What Is Love by Kevin MacLeod from acompetech.filmmusic.io forward slash song forward slash 5015 hyphen what hyphen is hyphen love used under a Creative Commons license.